0: Welcome back to Tulsa Time with Bishop Konderla. I'm Adam Minahan. Last week we talked about the Synod, and we're going to continue picking that up uh, on this episode as well.
1: Yeah, we were saying last week that the Synod is simply a large version of an important listening session for the church throughout the the world. And we were talking about prayer last time, and one of the questions that came from one of our uh, listening sessions was the idea that why doesn't God answer my prayers? And we talked about the need for all of us to to deepen and to grow deeper in our understanding of and our practice of what prayer is, because it's very easy for us to, to get kind of stuck at a less mature understanding of prayer, which sees it like children would see prayer. Uh, I want to You know, I need a new bike. And so I pray and ask God for a new bike. And then if I don't see a new bike show up, I think that God didn't answer my prayer. A
0: transactional prayer.
1: But think about that compared to uh, say, for example, the life of contemplatives in a monastery. Mm -hmm. There are people in our own diocese at Clear Creek Monastery, for example, there are people whose vocation, whose call from God is to come apart and to live cloistered. That is to say, to live within the walls of an institution like a monastery and to dedicate their lives to communion with God in prayer. For them, prayer certainly includes asking God for things that they think that they need, but it goes so far beyond that. Some of the prayer is merely sitting with God Here's something that you can try for for people who are wanting to experience a deeper sense of prayer. In your parish, uh, wherever the tabernacle is, when it's very quiet, when there's not a lot of busy things going on in the parish, go and sit in front of the tabernacle and just think about the very fact that God is present there and that you're in God's presence. And let that that awareness of God's presence overflow you for some minutes. You might even close your eyes and sit very still and just marvel at the fact that you're able to be in God's presence that way. That's a much deeper sense of prayer. And that kind of more mature prayer and deeper prayer helps us to understand that it's impossible for us to... Uh, ask God for something in prayer and not have Him answer. Hmm. The answer might be something we don't want to hear. Right. The answer might be a not now, the answer might be silence. But even silence from God is an answer and an important one. So yes, all of us have much to, to gain by growing in the depth of our prayer.
0: Okay, so one of the questions that was asked in the Synod was, what concerns do you have about the church? And what challenges do you experience in your life with Christ and His church? So last week we talked kind of about the positive side of what the church, the mm-hmm. joys of the church. This one is more of what concerns do we have about the church and the challenges uh, in our lives? One of the, one of the answers was a, a great concern seemed to be a lack of evangelistic action, particularly towards those who have stopped attending Mass due, mm-hmm. to, due to COVID. So, uh, how can we reach out to those people who have who aren't going to mass anymore?
1: Yeah, this is one of those uh, one of those observations that comes to all of us—a recognition that many people who um, who grew up Catholic, for example, may have stopped practicing the faith. How do we invite them back? The question contains its answer. Uh, For every person who is a baptized believer that baptism wasn't merely the washing away of sin when you were a little child. Most of us were baptized as babies. It was the, you could say, it was the, the initiation of the person as a disciple of Jesus Christ. When we were confirmed and we received the gift of the Holy Spirit, Well, the Holy Spirit now dwells in us by choice. So what is the answer to the question, how can we invite people back to on the authority of your own baptism, Mm -hmm. on the power of the Holy Spirit who resides within us to simply go and invite them? Would you like to come to Mass with me some Sunday? I'd love for you to come and meet the people that I go to Mass with. If that seems too direct, be suave and debonair and think of some uh, uh, some other way to invite them. But it simply is, and, it, and there's no other way around this. There's no program that's going to do this. There's no uh, podcast. There's no uh, lecture at the parish. The only way, and it's been this way from the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did Jesus find His first 12? He walked along the beach and He invited them. The power of personal invitation. The power of personal invitation. Think of your own life. The things that you're likely to accept an invitation to are likely to be those things that come from people you know and like. Mm -hmm. People who you have a relationship with. So that to me is the, you could say the secret weapon if if you want to think of it that way. What are the relationships that we have with people? How can we, using the, the power of those relationships, simply invite people to come along with us? That's, that's it. It's not more complicated than that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the power of friendship also, right? You have to you become friends. The whole Curcio movement is make a friend, be a friend, bring a friend to Christ. And that's
1: what we read in the Bible. When you read the New Testament, that's what was happening. Of course, they didn't have all of the communication tools that we have now. They had person to person to person to person. You do have some events where Peter preaches and 3,000 people are converted that day. Okay, that's fine. That hasn't you, happened with me yet, yeah. I mean, it's like, I have tried, and it yeah, just... But this podcast will do it. It'll <laughs> take care of it. But those things do happen, but those 3,000 people then went and talked to people. Right. There's the wonderful scene in the um, gospel of the woman at the well, the mm-hmm. Samaritan woman at the well. And I think this scene is so beautifully captured in the series, The Chosen, which I would recommend to everyone to watch. Uh, because of her encounter with Jesus, this woman at the well, who's very, she is so suspicious and cynical, and deservedly so, given what she's been through in her life. Uh, when she first meets Jesus, it is a total wall. Jesus, who are you? I don't know who you are. You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. I don't want to talk to you. I'm in a bad mood. But Jesus showing that he cares for her, showing that he knows her, showing that he loves her is enough to cause her to listen to him. And in listening to him, she hears that something new is coming into the world. He, he is the new thing. Mm -hmm. And then she runs away. She doesn't walk away. She forgets her jug even. She runs back to town so she can what? Invite. So she can tell people that's that's for us. Yeah.
0: Uh, one of the questions that was, uh, I want to like quote it so that way. Oh, mm-hmm. go ahead. Do we?
1: No, no, we're running out of time. Okay.
0: Okay. So uh, a lot of it had to do with uh, the church's teachings on sexuality. So let me just quote something, and I w- I'd like to get your reaction to it. It says, "I feel that the church can be unwelcoming to those who experience same-sex attraction. Why does the church not accept?" those people for who
1: they are. Now, this is the exciting segue into next week's episode (laughs) of this podcast.
0: All right, so thank you so much for tuning in to Tolls of Time with Bishop David Condrela. We look forward to seeing you next week.